0: A long time ago, in life's beginnings, all the animals and all the trees and the waters had the power to talk to each other and move the world. But the fireflies reigned over all the fire. They guarded this fire night and day and would not share it with anyone. And in those bitter winters, the animals and the people needed to figure out a way to keep warm. Fox came along, all clever and sly and decided he'd come up with a plan to steal the fire from the fireflies. Fox also knew he needed to fly across the skies to reach the village of the fireflies. So he visited the geese and they promised to find a way to teach him. They attached wings to his body and warned him not to open his eyes and look down Or he'd fall. So the geese and the fox set off in flight together. Darkness fell and they flew on. Until they reached the village in the night. Feeling excited when he noticed the warmth and the brightness on his face from the fire below. He opened his eyes to see. Instantly his wings collapsed and he fell to earth just inside the walls of the firefly village. Two fireflies came to see the fox and tried to help him. Fox stretched the truth just a little bit and told him he would accidentally fallen into their village and he needed help to get back over the walls to go home. So the fireflies led him to the cedar tree and told Fox that if he asked it to, the cedar tree would bend down for him and catapult him over the wall. However, they also told him he needed to rest. Hours passed and the fireflies returned to see if Fox had recovered from his fall. Fox told him he was feeling much better and he suggested, let's have a small festival to celebrate. We can dance together and I can make the music. They agreed this would be fun and went to gather firewood to make the fire even bigger. While they were busy, fox covertly tied a piece of cedar bark to his tail then he made a drum and he began to beat it with a stick and the fireflies began to dance slowly and gradually fox made his way closer and closer to the fire fox pretended to get really tired from beating the drum and passed it along to some fireflies who wanted to help make music too Then Fox quickly thrust his tail into the fire, lighting up the bark. As soon as the fireflies saw Fox with his firebrand, they chased him. Fox ran straight to the cedar tree, calling out, Please bend down, sweet cedar. Bend down for me now. Cedar tree bent down for Fox to catch hold, and it shot him upwards and carried him far over the wall. He ran on with the angry fireflies in pursuit. As he ran down the trails, the brush on both sides of his path were ignited by the sparks popping off the bark that was tied to his tail. He saw Hawk as he ran. Hawk, catch it, catch it and fly. And he threw the burning bark up to the bird. Hawk carried it down to the brown crane who flew south with it, scattering the fire sparks everywhere. And this is how fire first spread across the earth. He dropped what was left of the firebrand into a tree, and the tree caught the fire and hid it away. Oh, sneaky Fox, you will be cursed for stealing our fire, as you will never be able to make use of it for yourself. But Fox, who was a clever beast, knew he could ask the tree to give him two limbs and he could rub them together and the secret fire inside the tree would make sparks that could grow into a big fire. And it was Fox who taught the people how to do this. So they never had to be cold ever again in the wintertime. And even today, fire lies hidden in every tree. This is natural and wild with christine grayson in a world that seems to have gone dark it's time to talk about inner light so grab a beverage sit back and listen to me jabber on about glowing creatures and personal enlightenment illumination of the firefly inside this little guy's firefly body oxygen calcium and ATP mix with a chemical called luciferin and create bioluminescence. Luciferin sounds sinful, doesn't it? (laughs) It is actually derived from the Latin word lucifer, meaning bringer of light. Luciferin is also found in foxfire, that beautiful glowing green stuff produced by certain breeds of mushroom. If you ever find any of that in nature, it's like walking into a magical fairy metropolis. It's so attractive. I remember the first time I saw this stuff, this foxfire version of Luciferin. I was hiking in uh, upstate New York, really, really close to Canada, and I went by a set of rocks that formed this tiny-looking cave. Now, if I see a cave, I'm going inside it. I'm at least going to inspect it if there's no way to shove my body inside it. I've always been curious about caves and caverns, anything remotely closed. I like tight spaces. I do not, nor have I ever had claustrophobia. I love this stuff. I'll go into the tiniest holes in the mountain. You could use me as a rescue dog. I love it. I love crawling into crevices and caves. And so I saw this one and tried sticking my body into it. It was really small. I couldn't get inside. But I saw there, when my eyes adjusted to the dark, I saw it. The most beautiful glowing green stuff in pure blackness that I've ever seen. The air was real still. Nothing moved. It felt strange that this weird glowing fungus would be alive in such a dark space, devoid of so much. Out of the blackness came a light. But I digress. The firefly. There are way over a thousand different species of them, and every single one of these different species has a different pattern or different rhythm of flashing their lights at each other. And these are mating signals, so they can recognize their own species according to their sparkle patterns. And their flirting goes on for hours, this back-and-forth flashing of lights. They're talking to each other through the dark, kind of like hanging out in a nightclub. And then when they decide they're turned on enough, they'll turn out their lights and get romantic with each other, again, for hours, And when they're done, they go on and look for another. So these guys are getting groovy all night long. And they might as well. They only live for two weeks as adults. So, hey, you know. (laughs) There's a value to simplicity. Now that the natural world has produced a virus, or probably in Mother Earth's case an antibody against us and our destruction. I don't know. It's just a thought. We are kind of intrusive. But since this has happened, we've been forced to stop and step back for a while till it sorts itself out. It's a good time to reflect. We might not like to suddenly be forced to quit. Forced to quit our lives as we know it. Drastic changes without knowing the future. It's scary. Unpredictable. A lot of people don't know how to handle it yet. I mean, some of the responses to this, it's an embarrassment that so many people out there aren't able to cope with some changes and some shifts, but it will even itself out. It might take a while. I've seen a lot of impulsiveness and stubbornness, and some days I'm wondering if we're all back in kindergarten, you know, the earth changes, societies change. It doesn't usually happen so fast, but major changes have happened before and we didn't all die out. And you got to remember that changes that are this significant, this big worldwide, they're going to cause some chaos for a while. And While this is going on out there, it's a pretty good time to turn on your own inner knowledge and focus on that light inside of you. We have time to do all kinds of stuff right now that we never had time for before. Reevaluate priorities, do a, a little research, study a little philosophy, question the things that might have held us back from old dreams. All sorts of good personal stuff. Good personal reflection time. That's golden. As a matter of fact, since there's so much grief and anger and behaviors that are seriously starting to get downright scary. This personal time is more important than it ever was before. To go into seclusion and solitude. Hang low until the chaos starts to even itself out, and it will. You got to remember one thing. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing. We can be our own eye in the middle of the storm, untouched safe with that cool inner light. You know, firefly light, that illumination produced by luciferin, there's no heat there. It doesn't get hot. It stays cool and calm. It's time to be the firefly, cool, illuminated, wise, using your inner light to communicate, not strained, impacted noise and screaming. This is not the end of the world. It's a temporary rift. I hate looking around and seeing so many people that I care about, losing their patience with it all, getting frustrated, starting to feel like this is such a big mess that the whole world's going to hell and fires are going to come booming up out of the earth and devour us all. No, just hang on. Keep flashing your inner light. Modern society detached itself from the natural world a long time ago. People forgot what real things were. This much of a separation from nature will eventually cause disease and disorder. I'm surprised it didn't happen before now. You know, the Aztecs used the term firefly as a metaphor for knowledge in a world of darkness. There always had to be darkness first before you can even experience what light truly is. Things have to be dark. Life comes out of the dark. Life comes from chaos. Chaos breaks down structures that need to go and leaves a clean space for something new to be born, for a new light, a new life. There are a lot of people afraid of change. They're afraid of that light and bioluminescence wasn't always associated with happy things. Centuries ago, when when we still battled it out on fields, with swords and shields, and fallen men would sometimes just be left unburied, that bioluminescent fungi would cover them up, making this eerie glow in the dark, all over the bodies of the dead. And for this reason, some old legends in China call it Devil lights of the outer wilderness. Talk about a creepy association to glowing mushrooms in the night. Fireflies aren't the only living lights. Most of the planet's bioluminescent creatures live in the darkest, deepest parts of the ocean. Crystal jellyfish, one of my favorites. They're brainless, dangerous, and beautiful. They can reproduce without another jellyfish, They don't hatch eggs, they produce polyps. And these polyps will produce more polyps until they transform into a whole stack of tiny jellyfish. And then they'll float around the dark waters, eating other jellyfish twice their size after injecting them with a venom from their tentacles. These marine animals are perfect for associations to things like personal strength, independence, sticking with your own truth, staying poised, discreet, and graceful, being able to handle tricky situations with elegance, because they're these mysterious, delicate life forms that despite their delicacy, they have the ability to use the currents of their own environments to exist. They can sting and poison anything that threatens them, They can move against the current or the flow of the water, or they can flow along with it. They defy everything that we associate with a creature being able to function and do well. So mysterious and so beautiful and so capable. So when I need to remind myself that I can go with my own flow or keep my grace in a world where the current of the majority is headed toward a crash, I can always move against that current. I'll turn on a YouTube video and watch Jellyfish, and remember that I can always light myself up in the dark and turn around. I might be small and delicate, but this ignorance and this madness is not going to touch me. Luminescence attracts. You can see it so far away, just like your voice can reach much further than you think. If your light is sincere and untouched by that contagious madness, it's going to shine far and bring a little bit of hope in somebody else's direction. There's nothing more hopeful and beautiful than seeing a spark in the dark. Coming from somebody else, someone's light just beaming with sincerity when you think all hope is lost. We're all so full of dreams and wishes and thoughts that we don't think that anybody's going to relate to until we bring them out of the darkness of our own heads first and find out that people really do relate to those things. Maybe we just need to remind each other once in a while. There's this nobility. In allowing yourself to turn on inside, to feel naive enough, keep feeling enough childlike wonder, to flash that light out in the open. It's a vulnerability and an innocence, but it can be so attractive, and that's the good kind of contagious. Hanging on to that light inside yourself is brave, especially right now. That's what I think of when I see fireflies twinkling through the base of these old trees around here in the summertime. Across the yard, up into the woods, around the dilapidated barn, making it look like a magic hideout. It's this sweet, tiny, docile little creature that inspires that childlike wonder. It brings me back to when I was six, seven years old, Dirty from playing in the Appalachian mud outside till the sun went down. And then being totally excited when those insects would come out of the dark and start lighting up my world. I was in heaven. And I still can be. I can make my own heaven. We all can. It's certainly a more romantic choice than turning life into hell, isn't it? You've been listening to Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I'd like to thank Arnold Bloom, Sheila McGregor, Bruce Presson, and Chris Nolan for making it possible to continue this podcast. If you feel the inclination and you're listening on an app that allows it, please don't forget to leave me a review. Stay strong, stay safe, and keep your grace. I'll talk to you next week.